Greetings one and all, this is Dale and this is Nature's Edge. Hope everybody's having a great day and you have an opportunity to get outside and enjoy some of this beautiful spring weather that seems to be uh, be approaching us here in uh, in the beautiful mountains of North Carolina and on the coast. I was just out there and it's uh, starting to warm up a little bit. Our guest today is a native son of Western North Carolina uh, and, and uh, his name is Dusty Allison and Dusty is uh, for the past 20 years he's, he's worked in a lot of different different areas from education to communication to business and uh, he is an avid outdoorsman and uh, today he serves as a media executive and digital digital publisher if I can talk of Blue Ridge Outdoor Magazine uh, on the East Coast. Uh, Dusty travels all over the Southeast uh, uh, doing uh, this in this position. Again, guys, I, I'm having a heck of a time speaking today, but we'll talk about why a little later on in the show. Dusty, before I uh, get so tongue-tied that I can't talk, welcome to Nature's Edge. Thanks for having me, Dale. You bet, buddy. Let's let's talk a little bit about Blue Ridge Outdoors. And I also know it's, uh, what, the 20th anniversary of, of the uh, magazine? It is. It is, in fact. Um, 20 years ago, Blue Ridge Outdoors was uh, founded in Charlottesville, Virginia, and in its earliest incarnation, it was the insert of a almost like an alt-weekly, like Mountain Express, like we have here in Asheville, um, quarterly. And uh, it very quickly evolved. Um, it, mostly at the time it was being written, it was you know covering Central Virginia, the Blue Ridge region up there. They started writing a lot about a little bit deeper in the southeast, the Smokies, Pisgah, Nantahala National Forest, and some of those other areas. And um, about 12 years ago, we opened up an office here in Asheville. So today we have two offices, Charlottesville, Asheville. It's a monthly magazine. It's free. Um, circulates from D.C. all the way down to Alabama. It's the largest outdoor sports adventure travel magazine in the southeast and mid-Atlantic. It is a great magazine. I, and I did not know it was uh, offered in Washington, D.C. until, uh, I guess, a few months ago. I was, I was at a meeting up at the National Geographic headquarters, and I come out, and I'm walking down the street, and I go into this little place, and there it is. Yeah, that's great. I said, Man. <laughs> I, and it, it was an issue. It was the latest issue, which I hadn't... Uh, Hadn't picked up, so it was great to get it. And I will say, guys, the uh, Blue Ridge Outdoors, you guys really cover uh, everything outdoors. We do, yeah. I mean, if it's if it's uh, outdoors oriented in the southeast and, and mid Atlantic, we we typically cover it. I mean, most most you know we sort of have an unspoken um, you know philosophy that most of the things that we cover are what you could call human powered sport. Um, so hiking mountain biking, road cycling, fly fishing, trail running, paddling, rock climbing, you name it. Yeah, don't forget paddling. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I know that's one of your faves. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, I, I am a paddler, and uh, uh, I do the other stuff too as well, but I, but I do that. Yeah, and, and, and so every month, you guys, do, do you feature a little bit of everything in the magazine each month, or do you? Yeah, we do. We Every month we um, – we have uh, somewhat of a theme, you know, so for instance, we're working to close our April issue right now. April for us has a uh, sort of a big focus on fly fishing. So we're getting at that time of year that, you know, the creeks and rivers are running well and, um, and that'll be happening. And then we also usually start talking about hiking some in April. Um, you know, once we get into June and July, we're talking a lot about water, whether it be flat water paddling or whitewater rafting or swimming holes. 
you know, October is always popular for fall foliage and just for, you know, road tripping around the Southeast. So yeah, we, we write a lot about, um, all the sports in every issue, but you know, some months are more focused, you know, our, our bigger features like in September mountain biking oriented. Um, but you know, we, we're focusing on destinations, where to go, um, you know, the best places for it. People love that kind of information, but we also try to make it both inspirational and aspirational. We, you know, interview a lot of, you know, both sort of hardcore athletes, but also people that are sort of just getting into the outdoor scene. Um, people that are working hard on conservation issues across the Southeast and mid Atlantic who are doing some inspirational work in, in those fields. And, and, you know, we, we really, no one does it like us as far as, you know, we are a niche magazine, but that's, that's our passion. That's our focus. And, and that's what we do best. The, uh, you were talking about, and, and I guess you also, when you're doing that, you also talk about gear. Do you guys review, uh, the latest and the best out there? We do. We have some great partnerships with a lot of big brands and manufacturers, um, all across, you know, national and international. Um, so yeah, we like to, people love to know about gear and we do gear reviews, um, and almost every issue, just letting people know what's new, what's hot. Um, you know, and, and, and the relevancy too to the Southeast, you know, we have a lot of amazing, uh, gear providers and, and manufacturers, both from larger entities like, like Eno here in Asheville, who's, who are known for their hammocks and lifestyle company. But there's, a, there's been an amazing, even in the last five years, just a explosion of sort of smaller cottage industry companies, people making amazing gear right out of their basements, oh, um, literally. And, and, you know, even here in Western North Carolina, there's a great coalition, the outdoor gear builders of Western North Carolina that has formed over the last couple of years and continually keeps growing. And it, it's, you know, when you look at that list, a lot of those are, are, are big national players that people don't even realize are based either right here in Asheville or somewhere in the Western North Carolina mountains. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, uh, you know, and I've, I've worked and, and know a, a, a large number of them. And, and the reason I ask about the equipment, one of the questions that I get asked most often when I make appearances is what kind of equipment do I use or why do you use that, Dale, or why do you use this? Sure. Or, that's something people want to know. And, oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we, we – we fashion our magazine to, to speak to the people that have been in the outdoors for a long time. But, you know, a lot of our readers these days are, are families and people. I mean, we have people reading the magazine, like you said, in D.C. and Charlotte and Atlanta. And core editorially, what we write about are the mountain towns and the mountain, you know, the, the trails and the lakes and the rivers. They love getting up here. I mean, they love exploring the Blue Ridge region. And um, lots of times they just want to know, you know, how to equip themselves. And once they know how to equip themselves... Um, where to go and, and who to do it with. In the case of like fly fishing, we're talking right now with a lot of outfitters and guide services sure. and, and that kind of thing. So we, we really just try to be an informational resource, but also, you know, we have great essays, we have some funny articles, and, and we just try to be inspirational all around to motivate people to get outside. So, Dusty, you guys really just sort of cover the outdoor lifestyle. Absolutely. The, the whole, yeah. We do, yeah. I mean, because not only are we talking about hiking and biking and fly fishing and all that, but, you know, one of our most popular issues is our May Festival Guide. You know, we, we know our demographic really well as a magazine, and our readers love outdoor festivals, music festivals. Um, you know, as far as food and drink goes, they, you know, craft beer is a big thing, of course, all over the Southeast right now. Absolutely. Our readers are are those kinds of people that they love supporting local businesses. They love sort of that farm to table lifestyle and all that's an extension of, of, of sort of enjoying the outdoor spaces of of the Southeast. That's man, that's all great information. Great stuff. Now I I know Dusty, you kind of work with the, uh, tell me, tell me about the digital side. 
Sure. Well, I mean, as a magazine, you know, we, we, um, we're doing some exciting things with the magazine. We just actually went to a full glossy format recently as part of our 20th anniversary. So we're excited about that, but you know, it is 2015 and everyone is, uh, in the digital space and, and we've, as a company have been, you know, very progressive and, and staying, you know, kind of in that space and, and trying to keep up with everything going on. We have, you know, blueridgeoutdoors.com is our website, um, it's daily content, you know, we're, we're posting all the time, 24 seven, um, you know, both, uh, things that run in the magazine, but a lot of content that's more timely and relevant in the region. Um, we've got bloggers that contribute to our website. Um, you know, and so we, yeah, we, we do a lot. We have a lot of different guides online that we don't run in print. Um, there's some adventure travel guides for mm. some towns in the Southeast right now that you can go to that are interactive. Um, we just launched a, uh, Blue Ridge Outdoors athlete team where we are working with a number of folks I saw that. Yeah, yeah, who are, um, you know, all sorts of disciplines from running to biking to climbing to paddling, um, showcasing them. And they're going to be doing lots of races all across the region and then contributing to it on our website. So, yeah, it's it's essentially uh, it's it's a it's a big uh, virtual extension of the print magazine. And um, it, it's fun. It's 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 really exciting. We try to stay, um, you know. Covering nine states is tough. Um, geographically, our footprint's quite large. Yeah. And so, uh, but we have a great um, legion of people that contribute and uh, resources and contacts who we talk to that uh, keep us in the loop as to everything that's going on. That's, that's amazing stuff. And, and as you said, that is an absolutely necessity in this day and age. Sure is. This is Nature's Edge with Dale Stewart with our guest, Dusty Allison, and, and we shall be back in just a brief moment. Welcome back, one and all outdoor folks. This is Dale Stewart. You're listening to Nature's Edge, and uh, we are speaking with Mr. Dusty Allison. Dusty is uh, he's a media executive and digital publisher of Blue Ridge Outdoor Magazine. I know a lot of my listeners are very familiar with that magazine, and we are fortunate to have Dusty with us today. In the first segment, we just sort of talked about Blue Ridge Outdoor. They're they're celebrating their 20th anniversary, and and uh, and its role. Uh, in the southeast United States and, and a little bit up the East Coast and, and how they're really sort of an outdoor lifestyle magazine. And, and Dusty, this, this, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, uh, the power of wildlands and, and outdoor recreation and land preservation and economic development and all things around the outdoors. I absolutely. know that's uh, something near and dear to your heart. Yes, absolutely. I've I've worked in the outdoor industry for most of my adult life in various capacities, everything from um, education and, and uh, you know, nonprofit organizations and, 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 and now more on the business side. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's an important part of, uh, of, of our region in the southeast. I think that outdoor recreation is starting to become seen as a, a, a viable economic force, too. Um, and, and that's exciting. I, a lot of a lot of clients that I work with for Blue Ridge Outdoors and, and partners that I work with are travel and tourism agencies. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, outdoor recreation and, and that lifestyle trails and greenways and, and, um, access points to, to the wild are, are, you know, starting to be seen as, um, huge, um, 
you know, lures to, to have people come visit their area, especially if they live in more urbanized areas where they might not have that, the access to some of those places. And, um, it's exciting. Yeah, it is. I, I know, uh, I get asked quite a bit, particularly with my background in, in rivers and paddling and everything. And I, um, and I've seen a real growth, not just in the, in the paddling industry and in the paddling market, but all across the outdoor, uh, world. But one thing that's interesting to me, we're all familiar with greenways, uh, but I've been involved here now for a couple of years in helping develop blueways. Sure. Uh, 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 and, and particularly in some little rural areas that really have not had a strong tourism draw, if you will. But right. now they see, man, we got a river that runs right through our backyard. And if we can, uh, uh, without a lot of work and a lot of expense, if we can put something there that make it, makes it easier for the uh, uh, for the paddling community to get in and out of the water and, and have some other resources that they're looking for there that that's opening up some economic uh, benefits to us. It is absolutely. I mean, as, as we mentioned in the first segment, you know, a group like the outdoor gear builders of Western North Carolina, I think, you know, all these initiatives and projects like that are helping to shine light on the fact that, you know, there are companies that, that do want to be based here that, 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 you know, this is, you know, Western North Carolina specifically is a great training ground to, test some of this gear out and uh, to have access to places like Nantahala National Forest and Pisgah and the Smokies. And, you know, on, on the tourism and the economic development side, I think, you know, we have a lot of rural towns all across the southeast. And, you know, as we all know, in 2015, manufacturing has gone overseas and a lot of these little towns, you know, have almost dried up. And a lot of them have sort of revitalized themselves by playing the cards that they've been dealt, you know. And, and I think for a long time, um, you know, people – you know, when you live in the South and you live in small towns, you take advantage of the fact that the mountains are all around you or that trails are so yep. near, near to the house. And, and people forget that who live there and they don't realize what a resource they're, they're sitting on as far as uh, attracting people to their region. There are a lot of places in the country that they don't have that. And, and, you know, these, these folks are living in a dream paradise um, in, in the eyes of some of these, these visitors. And so I think, you know, by, by showcasing the fact that, you know, that a place has trails, a place that has greenways, a place that has uh, water recreation and a place that really supports a healthy, active outdoor lifestyle. You know, that's something that, you know, a lot of regions can't. I mean, anybody can get, you know, an Applebee's restaurant or, yeah. or someplace like that. Not everybody can create a mountain or create a trail. And so I think when you when these towns, you know, and there's a lot of great uh, case studies. I mean, a lot of examples like Bryson City, North Carolina, on the, edge of the Smokies, and and Cherokee, and 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 um, Silva and Brevard. I mean, all these all these towns around Western North Carolina and beyond, North Georgia, East Tennessee, they're really starting to. Uh, a lot of them are really starting to see the light and 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 showcasing and promoting their region as beautiful natural areas, places to visit, places to live, places to set up. Um, you know, maybe a new startup or, or, a, you know, a company. Oh, absolutely. I, I was, uh, actually in a little town, uh, well, I guess it's been a little over a month ago and I was invited to talk to them and, and, uh, uh, at their chamber of commerce there. And, and one of the, several of the questions was, you know, we're, we're trying to, you know, we're dying here. You know, we, we don't, we can't get industry here. We can't get anything, uh, uh, to, to move here, but yet yeah, we're trying to, to, to stay viable and i said man look around you just like what you were talking about you you've got the blue ridge mountains all the way around you 
you've got one of the finest paddling rivers in in the world right. that runs through the middle of your town. Uh, you, you need to focus on what what you have exactly, and yeah. what you have is the outdoor world exactly, and develop develop product around that. And um, I was even able to talk to a friend of mine who is who is a builder of uh, of boats and and said, "Hey guys, you ought to look at this little." T-. Anyway, by putting them together now, people are going to be able to go to this little town. They're going to be able to rent boats. They're going to be able to to rent gear. And they're going to start doing something in this little bitty community, which is kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Um, this summer is already starting to to have people inquiring about, you know, what can we do? And now their question is, now we've got people coming, and they were worried at first about having hotel rooms. I said, sure. no, these guys are going to stay in tents and, right. you know, <laughs> have a place for them to camp. So it works. It really does work. It does. And I, and I think, you know, not to, not to be too cliche, but the whole, you know, build it and they will come – it really is true, especially, you know, once you can, like you said, attract them to what, what's already there. Yeah. And, and then, you know, then suddenly the small craft brewery opens up in the little town, Absolutely. you know, you see that happening a lot right now. You see the the gear stores and the outfitters, you know, because they have to supply the folks who are coming to, to, to uh, want to be guided in the area or, or to buy, to buy equipment while they're in the area. And then the restaurants come and yeah. then, and then suddenly you've got a, a, you know, humming little, um, you know, economic hive of activity. And, and I think it's, I think it's all good. I think that, you know, there, there are plenty of places in the Southeast and, and on the East coast that, that have that and are doing that. There's some who still could do a lot more with it. Oh, absolutely. And, and again, a lot of these little cities, they say, oh, if we can just get that big industry to come here. And I'd say that big industry is not coming here. Yeah. I mean, again, so, I, I think part of it, yeah, is waking up to, to the realities of the, the world in 2015 as they are fortunately and unfortunately. And, and I think, you know, a lot of those, uh, industries and, and manufacturing, um, you know, I know that there, uh, I grew up in a town that, that in, in here in the mountains that, you know, I remember growing up in that town and it being humming with, you know, all of that. Um, and it's all gone now. And so, yep. you know, you, you come to a crossroads when you have to decide, you know, are we going to keep sitting around twiddling our thumbs waiting for that to come back? Or are we going to really sort of roll up our sleeves and, and get busy promoting what we have? Yeah. And, you know, one of the other things I, I tell people is, most of the people that live in that little town, they hunt, they fish, they spend their lives on that river. So there are some job opportunities for them. Start, Absolutely. Start your own little guide service. Do this, do that. And, and as you said, if those things are available and you're able to get that message out, they will show up. People I, will yeah. come. Yeah, you, I, I, I completely agree. And, 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 and I think, you know, we, we work with a lot of partners at Blue Ridge Outdoors Magazine who've, who've seen a tremendous turnaround. You know, I mean, we work with everyone from – um, you know, very small rural towns of 500 residents to, I mean, places like Charlotte, North Carolina, who, you know, as an urban city, you know, has an amazing greenway system that, um, you know, has a hard, um, you know, there's not a lot of rivals to that. I mean, and so it's great to even to see the bigger urban areas it who, is. who are promoting green space and who are promoting greenways and promoting Bike active outdoor and, recreation. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's that's super exciting. Yeah, that's that, that's the kind of stuff that that excites me, and and I tell people, even people that live in urban centers, uh, you can get out into green uh, space pretty easy. Where even if it's just in a local park or something out there, uh, it'll it'll do your heart and and your spirit good, and uh, uh, to get out in that in that outdoor world. But yeah, and and that's it, and that's what we try to do at the magazine as well. Is like we we try not to make it like. 
you know, that it's full adrenaline all the time that you have to do these things. I mean, swimming holes are a popular thing with our readers, you know, something as simple as that. I mean, so there, there are a lot of easy access points and gateways into, into nature. Um, it doesn't always have to be, you know, a Red Bull commercial. <laughs> no, nope. Dusty, I'm going to cut you off there. We are up against another break, and Leslie's jumping up and down on her seat over there. This is Dale with Nature's Edge. We shall return. Welcome back to Nature's Edge. This is Dale, and we are visiting with Mr. Dusty Allison today. And uh, as I've mentioned in the past, Dusty is a media executive and digital publisher with Blue Ridge Outdoor Magazine. Uh, It's a great magazine, guys. You need to go pick one up, and it is free. And uh, so, uh, so get out there and get it, and it has some great information in it. And, Dusty, before uh, we've talked about the... uh, the 20th anniversary of the Blue Ridge Magazine. Uh, we've also talked about some of the power of the, of the wildlands and everything. And I know uh, something that's that's near and dear to you, and I, that's, that's very near and dear to me, I want to talk to you a little bit about. And I know that you have a little dude now, right? a young, <laughs> young man, that uh, you and your wife are, are getting into the outdoor world. But it is so important uh, to get kids uh, involved in the outdoor world, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you, you're speaking the gospel here, Dale. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I spent a few years um, right right out of college, um, helping found a charter school in uh, down near Brevard, North Carolina. Brevard Academy is still going and thriving. And, yeah. and I came in the year that it started and had the good fortune of of sort of being given free reign to develop an outdoor leadership program for middle school students. So it was a great opportunity to work with sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. And to not just develop a program where I was taking them backpacking and paddling and climbing and caving and all this kind of fun stuff, but to really tie it into their academic um, studies, you know, uh, interdisciplinary, just to show that it's relevant to, to you know, the learning doesn't have to be just about textbooks. Learning is, yeah. is the best learning is hands-on and it's experiential. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that was a, a great start professionally for me, um, working with kids. And, and I knew when I, when I had my own, um, he or she would really be, uh, in for it. Yeah. <laughs> as far as, you know, uh, my, my worst fear is having that kid that's just completely tied to the TV or the electronic device all the time. And, uh, you know, Bridger, my, my five-year-old son so far, he's, he really gets after it. He's, um, he is five and, and, you know, we're sort of beyond that baby backpack thing, but there you go. he's, he's tackling some trails and, and yeah, it's, I, mean, I just think it's really important. I mean, you know, we, we know all the, we know all the statistics and studies about, you know, how in this day and age, you know, there's just so much digital saturation, um, of, you know, everything from our iPhones and devices and, and screens. I mean, it's not just, not just TV anymore. There's, no. There are a lot of distractions and, and I think, you know, it, there's an even greater fight that we have to make to show the relevance of of nature and wildlands to to the you know to the young generation. Um, but I, I find once you really introduce them to it and get them out into it, and, and they get away from the devices for long enough, they they really dig it. You know, they oh, they, they, they enjoy yeah. it, and you know the just the tactile, um, uh, you know the the sensory aspect of being in the outdoors climbing to the top of a peak, paddling a, a boat down the river, 
Um, you know, those are, those are, um, you know, as you know, I'm, you know, preaching to the choir here, but those are, there's a lot of leadership lessons. There are a lot of life lessons and all those, and all those activities. And I think that's something that you can't get from, from, uh, from a touch screen. Oh, absolutely. And, and folks, this is coming from a man who makes his living as a digital publisher. So, <laughs> right. That, yeah, exactly. I, could be, I, mean, I think digital is great and, and, and it's, it's, you know, it's a has necessary, its yeah, it yeah. has its place. It's, and, and, you know, and, and for us with the magazine, you know, our, our digital presence really, you know, enhances and complements everything that we're doing with the magazine. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, there's, um, you know, from all of our, our Facebook and Instagram, I mean, Instagram as, as a, as something now is so visual and so photo driven that, you know, sometimes it's just even a photo photos of some of these places that our readers submit and that, and that we see all the time that we promote digitally online. I mean, Sometimes it's just a photo that inspires somebody to get off the couch and go for it, you know, oh, or, or really say like this place is five miles up the road from my house and I've never really gotten out there to explore it. And, um, and it's great. So I think, you know, there, there are a lot of, uh, cool people that we see every day at Blue Ridge Outdoors, um, just sort of local backyard adventurers and explorers who, yep. are, who are posting some amazing photos of some places. And, and we're seeing a really exciting tie to people that are going into the outdoors simply because they're seeing things on Facebook and on Instagram and, and on our website. They are. They're hearing people talk about it. You know, one of the things that's, that's very close to me is several years ago, well, several years ago, gosh, it's been about 12 years ago now, I developed a program called Learning Through Expeditions uh, that was done uh, uh, with some federal programs, and, and I'm proud that that program now is in I think about a hundred uh, schools around the country where we actually uh, take uh, take young men and women in that ten, twelve, thirteen year old range, and they actually form an expedition, and they wow. they have to plan an expedition, and they go outside, and without realizing it, they're learning geography, they're learning about cultures of other countries, uh, they're they're learning certain outdoor skills, they're learning teamwork, they're learning leadership because they actually have to develop as a team. And plan an expedition, sure. and uh, it's uh, that's something that's dear, near and dear to my heart. And and fortunately, it's something that uh, that I get invited into a lot of schools to talk about and to work with. And uh, it is uh, it's just something to see these kids' eyes light up. I think so, and I think you know, I I personally have plenty of testimonials out there for just the fact that i mean i'm i'm 40 years old i'm, I'm not afraid to admit it yeah <laughs> but you know i was a young teacher and i have uh former students who have found me on facebook who who have become close friends you know yeah. that and and i hear from them very often that that some of their best times you know in in that sort of middle school adolescent uh period was on some of those trips and on some of those many expeditions that we did and that you know a lot of them now are are studying environmental biology and, oh, absolutely. and, and so I've, I've i've been fortunate to have that really great experience of having some former students say wow that really you know kind of put me on the path of, of where i am today and you know they're going to grad school now and some of them are in law school and yeah. it's 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 amazing i mean so i think that you know those those experiences are are, are critical they're touchstone experiences um you know it, it used to not be a thing you know, 200 years ago to, to get kids outdoors and in nature, yeah. but you know, it requires more effort now. And I think, you know, unfortunately something is lost if, if we don't keep that, that thread connected to, to kids in the outdoors. Yeah. I've, I've had parents actually come up to me and say, well, you know, Dale, I just, we don't have the time to do that. And I, and my answer to that is, you know, it's not about time. It's about priorities. It is. Yeah. It, it it's is. really about taking that, that, uh, 
that moment and doing doing something with kids. And I, I have a rule when I go to schools and talk. First rule is we go outside for my talks. Right. Uh, if the weather's permitting. If the weather's not permitting, I'll go into the uh, – into the classroom and the first thing we do is take all the desk out we put them in the hallway and and, and uh the principal teachers sometimes we we have to get them away so they can still have their in case of fire and all that stuff but then we sit down in the middle of the floor and i sit down in the middle and we put a big ring around it and we just have a great time talking with these kids and i've had teachers come up afterward and say boy dale i wish i could hold their attention like you did and my questions are real well why don't you right well i mean it's a pretty radical idea i mean even even today and i mean outdoor and experiential education have been things for for forever i mean you know we've got great entities such as outward bound and uh you know Knowles national outdoor leadership school but you know in the public school system and and my my child's in public school but there there are a lot that still it's it's uh it's a paradigm, you it know. Is. It's very linear. It's all about desk and rows, and and nature doesn't really work like that. No, so no. when you try to introduce the outdoor concept to them, but show that it's just as valuable and that they can learn some of these, um, you know, both academic subjects and life skills, and in, in that in an environment that doesn't have to be about, you know, um, boards and desk and rows. No, it it, it, it rattles some cages. Absolutely. But I think the people in the schools that take the risk and they they go down that road of of trying it. They see they see big results. They do, and it 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 continues to grow. I, I know the the uh, not long ago I was I was invited to speak to a group of uh, school super supervisors and superintendents and principals about this whole uh, whole new way of learning everything, and and they all liked it. But they said, you know, Dale, we're so caught into the sort of the the politics of education as right. it is today that it's it's very difficult for us to to do the things that uh, that you want to do and also a lot of the leadership programs as you well know are very linear right you know they and and we we sort of teach people what to think not how to think exactly and and the world is not linear it's so, not no. uh, especially nature when yeah. you when you get out there in it this is dale stewart you are tuned to nature's edge we're going to take a little break we will be right back after these messages yes dusty allison Welcome back to Nature's Edge. You've got Dale here, and we are having a great conversation with uh, Dusty Allison. Uh, uh, again, Dusty is uh, a media executive. He's also the uh, digital publisher for Blue Ridge Outdoors. He's an outdoorsman. He's got a little guy now that he's, he's introducing uh, uh, to the outdoors along with his wife. Your wife's also pretty big in the outdoor world, right, Dusty? She is, yeah. We've... We've known each other for a long time, um, and we actually, you know, in our earliest years together, we we worked together. I mentioned working at the charter school, yeah. And she also taught there. She um, and and helped co lead some of those outdoor trips, and and I actually met her. She was at looking, least she wasn't a student. Yeah, so. <laughs> <Right>. yeah <he's, laughs> yes, that's that's very true. She uh, she was um, in the summer camp industry, full time camp director when I met her in Brevard, ton of camps in Brevard. Yep. And, um, that's how we met. And, and um, we, uh, then went and uh, actually worked for the nonprofit organization, leave no trace together, yeah. which is yeah. headquartered well. out in yeah. Boulder. Boulder. And, uh, we were the national traveling trainers for three years. So we were sponsored by Subaru and given Subarus to cruise around in the country in and, and um, a lot of other companies like Smart Wool, the North Face, Coleman, Big Agnes, some of these outdoor brands, 
they equipped us and um, set us up to live on the road for 11 months at a time. So we literally traveled, um, you know, we'd spend a year at a time traveling the lower 48, teaching Leave No Trace, um, leading outdoor trips. And, you know, it ranged from scouting groups to university outings programs to, you know, one day we'd be working with federal land management agencies. The next day we'd be in the headquarters of Cascade Designs in the Pacific Northwest doing presentations and programs and worked a lot with REI hand in hand. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, Amy and I have been um, together and, and, and in the outdoors for a long time. She's, she is the uh, festival and event marketing director for, for um, Eno Hammocks here in, uh, Noel Moyle. in, in Asheville. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, for us, it's a, it, it, it is, it is our lifestyle and, and I think it always will be our lifestyle. So I mean, that's a, obviously priorities for us is to have our son be introduced to that. And, and fortunately, knock on wood, he loves it so yeah. far. So, <laughs> well, you know, I find, I, I think most people that I know, uh, that sort of grew up with that outdoor, uh, you know, I, I contribute my love for nature and the outdoors, you know, back to my father and my grandfather and, and, uh, you know, as as a young man being taken and put out there and, and taught certain skills and, and you just grow up, uh, you know, with a love for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I grew up in, um, uh, Andrews, North Carolina, which is very rural way out in the far Western tip, but yeah. beautiful mountains, Appalachian trail, 10 minutes from the house. And my mom and dad took me camping and fishing and, and, you know, we, that lifestyle was, was the the first step and then you know fortunately my parents were cool enough when i was in high school that a buddy and i would get on the appalachian trail for the night and camp out and you know where some kids in more urban areas might have been you know going to the mall or 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 doing something a little more um you know uh urban yeah yeah (laughs) i I didn't i didn't have that opportunity so you know i think uh, a big part of of that was um you know imprinted on me from from very early um, I just looked over at my producer Leslie, and and uh, she's eating a banana. Uh, if she if she had a beer, she would have uh, you know my breakfast. Most of you know that I <laughs> that I drink a Guinness and have a banana for breakfast. So I'm slowly, evidently, getting Leslie into my uh, into my diet routine. Uh, <laughs> Dusty, I, I I had to say something about that. That uh, you guys, uh, I mean, you've traveled all over, and especially the southeast. And I know you write about this and talk about this, but uh, what are your What are some of your favorite uh, outdoor uh, spaces, uh-huh, places? Great question. Well, it's. Um, I mean, living in Western North Carolina, I just feel fortunate. I mean, this is home to me. But, and I've seen so much of it and explored so many of the the backwoods of it that there, it, it's still amazing that there are places still to be seen. You know, and I feel like there's a lifetime of opportunity here. I mean, I think places like Linville Gorge is pretty Absolute, special to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, for it to only be 12,000 acres, it's a rugged 12,000 acres. It is and, that. You know, you've got everything there. I think from, you know, the sort of the cragginess of it, the cliffs, um, you know, to, to water. You've got an amazing river down in the bottom of that gorge. And, and, and a cave. And caves everywhere. I mean, so it's it's sort of a playground to me for sure. Um, there's parts of the gorge, too. I, we spent a lot of time out west when we were in um, working for Leave No Trace and almost relocated there. Um, we love places like Missoula, Montana, and Durango, sure. Colorado. And, you know, the fun thing to me about the Limbaugh Gorge is that it feels a lot like the West. It you does. Know, as it a really landscape, yeah. it, it, it's sort of reminiscent of, um, you know, I can take people to Limbaugh Gorge and it just doesn't even feel like they're in the South, you know. No. And that's what's amazing. I think another place is, for me that's like that is um, um, sort of the Shining Rock Wilderness, Middle Prong Wilderness area. 
up around Black Balsam. Um, my family's Scottish, so maybe there's some of that Scottish Highlands yeah. element to it. But it feels like that, you know, and I spent some time in, in Scotland um, during college. But, you know, the, the treeless bulbs and it's very windswept and it's just got this whole other world feel to it. Um, I, you know, that's, it's always a favorite. But, you know, I think the great thing about the southeast is like you can only, you know, you can drive three hours and, you know, suddenly you're in East Tennessee and, and you're in places like Cumberland Plateau, which is just yep. completely you know, riddled with caves, one of the densest areas of caves in the world, in fact. And, you know, you can go into um, upstate South Carolina and be on the Blue Ridge Escarpment and all those places down there, like Georgia State Park and Table Rock and Caesar's Head. Those are all um, amazing places as well. I mean, it's just, uh, it is a, uh, you know, to, it is a wild and wonderful area to be in the Southeast. You know, I, I think sometimes we forget about just how, diverse this area is with its outdoors i mean it said you can like mountains and 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 caving and and i love caves i'm glad to find out you did that and also something we have in common obviously with a name like Stuart, i'm also scottish and right. and also went to school in inverness scotland okay yeah uh, during yeah. the summer when i was in uh, in college and and love it over there right uh i've actually paddle lock ness uh, in a small boat looking for nessie didn't find him but i did have a, an old priest give me a blessing uh, as I paddled out <laughs> in my small boat uh, one time, that, that was that was kind of funny. But it's probably a good place to get a blessing. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, especially um, if you, if you've never been on that uh, on that lock, the water is absolutely the color of black ink. Right. It is. It is really dark. Even if you pick it up in your hands, it's uh, it is dark, uh, dark water. But but back to uh, back to this beautiful world we live in. Of course, you and I both live in Western North Carolina. But there's almost any place you go in the Carolinas from from uh, the Atlantic Ocean to, to here, uh, up into the Virginias, northern Georgia, uh, uh, northern South Carolina, east Tennessee, uh, you can very quickly be on the water or in the mountains or underground. Oh, yeah. I mean, what some of my other favorite areas, just, just getting out of the mountains. I mean, you've got the Edisto River and Congaree down in South Absolutely. Carolina. I mean, Great river. amazing blackwater regions that are just, you know, full of... Uh, old growth trees and just they have a whole mysterious element on you know in their own way and and then of course you know we have amazing beaches outer banks is just a very you know talking about sort of that windswept rugged coastline outer banks for sure and and yeah i think that um you know with blue ridge outdoors magazine even though our name is a little misleading you know we we write about areas that aren't just core to the mountain area you know we've um, had a great feature um, this this past year in June about you know the Great Dismal Swamp. We did Absolutely. a whole we did a whole feature yeah. on swamps, you know, and and it and it was a great cover, and it was a great feature, and we got a lot of feedback on it, and it was something we never really had dedicated time to it to before. But you know, I mean, it's, some of those areas like Condry, like Great Dismal, they're amazing areas to explore, and I mean, and we're talking you know, acres and acres of wildlands that are just you know the 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 wildlife and the diversity of plants and, and vegetation is just, it's, it's like its own little mini Amazon of sorts, you know? Oh, it is. I mean, so many people, uh, no, I grew up in South Louisiana in, in the marshes and the wetlands and the bayous of South Louisiana. And of course I've had a real passion for wetlands conservation, swamp, uh, conservation, and have done a lot of work in those areas and, and, uh, and continue to love to, to get in there. And again, it's, it's, uh, I feel so blessed living in this part of the world because I literally, I can, as I said, be in the mountains, I can be in the swamp, or I can be paddling in the ocean all within about a 
four, five, six-hour uh, drive. That's right. Um, just real quick, we've got just a few seconds, Dusty. Tell us again uh, the website. Sure. The website is blueridgeoutdoors.com. And, you know, we're on all the social media. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And pick up the magazine um, really anywhere in the southeast. It's free, but we also have it digitally available. You can subscribe to it, and you can go to the website for more information on all that. Dusty, I really appreciate you spending some time with us today on Nature's Edge. This is Dale, and until next time, my friends, I will see you in the wild.